Welcome to No Church Answers, the weekly Christian podcast for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys looking to model positive Christian leadership in our work, families, church, and communities. Want to discover ways to apply scripture effectively in everyday life? Tired of the pat answers in Sunday school? Then settle in for a gritty, authentic, and unexpectedly funny Christian podcast. And now, No Church Answers. And welcome to No Church Answers, a Christian roundtable discussion for men. This is podcast number 275, hard to believe, and we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around, bang! Not sure where you ended up, but spin it around, find Texas. Southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, and that's where we're at. You know, we're not pastors, we're just regular guys, and like you, each on our own spiritual journey, meeting daily challenges, you know, just like you. And that's why we're here. We're having a discussion for men and we aren't taking any church answers so we're glad that you've joined us and this podcast has been called authentic gritty and unexpectedly funny and so we're so glad that you uh checked us out our podcast is available up apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you get your podcasts we're on facebook youtube and at nochurchanswers.com so please rate our podcast and leave a review and it wouldn't be possible uh without your support and without any further ado i'm going to go ahead and introduce our panel tonight he is a former world-class policy writer and a professional gambler gambler the uh, show producer mr steve ditch hey, yo. a uh, former prosecutor but he's an attorney we call him the judge kind of the group historian it's michael cropper michael, michael. Mike. how are you and back from uh, a world tour, including <laughs> Oklahoma. Uh, uh, and <laughs> Iowa. Don't forget Iowa. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> the scenic. garden spot of where uh, I visit. Dubuque, S- Iowa. Scenic. <laughs> scenic Dubuque. Uh, a big deal in the uh, corporate training world uh, or commercial teachers. Uh, kind of the group theologian. We call him the professor. It is Robert Koshu. Hello, Robert, everybody. Robert, Robert hey. did you have any uh, uh, earthquakes up there while you were there? <laughs> I did not have any earthquakes. Uh, you missed out. Uh, and, and my name is uh, Bill Cox. I am basically a indie film producer, a contractor, and a a uh, permanent caregiver at the moment. So, And with that, we're going to go ahead and jump right in and... Uh, uh, prayer to heal our land. I, man, I know you guys are chomping at the bit. I am too. And I'm going to first throw it off to our producer, Mr. Steve Titch. Oh, thanks. Um, this, is a, this is a chapter, a lesson in the prayer book we're doing from GC2 Press. Um, if, if we're doing anything, we're keeping the title, which is itself a very challenging subject. Prayer to heal our land. And there's no question that our land, and by this I'm reading the United States of America, needs healing. The big question is, though, is exactly how should we, as Christians and a Christian community, both both small within our own congregation and large, be praying for that? And really, I think the question it begs is exactly what should we be praying for and what should a healthy nation look like and what does God want for our nation? Interesting. Uh, judge? 
All right, folks. Uh, I know you got some comments. Yeah, just a yeah. We got some refreshers here. Uh, real quick, we are looking at prayer. The whole book is on prayer, and we've gone through about 10, what, 10, 11, and, and we have modified some of the lessons that are in the book, uh, which is Connect 360, but we are not, and in fact, we are not doing a lesson directly from the book today. Our, our producer, Steve Titch, has so, given us some scriptures. And so so I've heard in true man fashion, we uh, went off script. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And didn't yeah. read directions. Okay. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, yep. folks, we're actually following Steve's script. So we, we audible, basically. We call really it audible. correct terminology. But uh, anyway, um, just a couple of reminders of what we've covered so far. We've covered aggressive prayer, praying with the whole armor of God against Satan. And sometimes it's necessary to speak faith and scripture against Satan, Ephesians 6, 11 and 8 through 18. We've also covered... Uh, a podcast on intercessory prayer, praying for other people and their needs from 2 Thessalonians 3, 1 through 5. We've also praying when we do not know what to pray. The Spirit leads us to pray. Um, that's from the lesson four in the book. That was Romans 8, 26 and 27. Now, how do we pray? Most of the time, God does not answer our requests immediately. Uh, however, Jesus gave us two examples of how we should pray to get God's attention. And uh, one is praying with stubborn faith. Uh, a neighbor knocks on his door. You will know this, uh, this hypothetical folks. Neighbor knocks on the door of his neighbor about 12 o'clock at night and wants bread. The neighbor won't open the door for him. So he keeps banging until the neighbor gets up and opens the door. He's not going to leave. And, uh, and then the second example that uh, Jesus used was a widow who goes in and hounds an arrogant judge and seeks justice from a person who is not treating her right. And Jesus gave these two examples and said, this is, this is stubborn faith. This is how you should pray to God the Father. Now, another uh, podcast we did was forgiveness, the need to forgive when we pray. Uh, the, the things we learned from that, two very brief comments, and actually learned a lot more than this, but I'm making a couple comments here. Pray with faith that God hears you and forgive anyone who has wronged us to get God's forgiveness as well. The text I'm talking about is Mark 11, 22 to 25. Now, prayer and fasting. Stephen Bill explored the reasons you may fast. And that's podcast number 273 a couple of weeks ago. Nehemiah 1, 1 through 11. And fasting is not skipping living, liver and onions if you do not like them, according to Bill. The Lord's Prayer was a, a final one I'm talking about. This is a model prayer to keep in mind if you are not sure how or what to pray. And the, and the text that we looked at was Luke 11, 1 through 4. So Steve has mentioned uh, very well today's podcast is on prayer to heal our land. Now, as you know, much of our country is driven by selfish desires. We are encouraged, we are taught that we should cater to our own wants and needs, our own fleshly desires. And of course, our wants and needs are dictated by television commercials <laughs> designed, right, to create a need for a new model car to keep us up with our neighbors. Or, or new shows. Absolutely. <laughs> In other words, uh, we should buy certain toys. Robert refers to certain things he likes to have as toys uh, to reflect a certain level of status. And uh, one of the newest fads is electric cars. They're being pushed on us. Uh, keep up with our newest cell phones, the newest models and expensive ones. And we should absolutely have the fastest wireless internet to play our games or anything else, and it's a must for our phones. 
So finally, when we drive on the road, folks, we experience extremely selfish drivers cutting us off or disobeying traffic control devices, which often makes us take evasive action to avoid a collision. An overwhelming lack of religion is built into the format of many popular reality shows and soap operas today. So what, what's wrong with our country? What can we do about it? Well, let's look at the topic of prayer to heal our land. Bill? Uh, excellent. Uh, professor? So this is one of those where it is helpful to have an overarching view of Scripture and faith and a I'm gonna I'm gonna use the big T word you need to have your own theology before you start approaching topics like this because if you don't you start cherry-picking verses and then you start reading your own thoughts into those verses or the thoughts of what you read or saw on the latest TV show or you saw the other and so this is one of the one of the things I always talk about when when we do this podcast, and I talk about it with our eighth graders too. Is guys, you got to develop your own. People will call it your own worldview, but but let's be real. It's it's your own theology. It's your own how you live your faith and how you do things with your faith. And if you don't develop that, then Topics like this, for example, can really drive you down rabbit holes that take you bad places that, in essence, also let you have ways that draw people away from faith because of how you approach the topic. And so it's one of those, I'm I'm glad you mentioned, Steve, because I think there is a micro and a macro level of this. There's a micro, how do you deal with it? There's a macro, how do we deal with it as part of our faith? And I think that that's where the tension lives in this argument, is in there, is in the tension between the micro and the macro. Excellent. Uh, I just want to throw in real quick, and I can tell already I might be in the opposition of, of you guys. This particular lesson just drips with high horseism. Get off your high horse. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read the scripture. Uh, This is John 17, 20 through 26. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one, I and them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, Though the world does not know you, I know you. They know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. 
the problem or the uh, the view that I have of this particular lesson is pretty simple. Um, by titling it um, the, the World Needs Healing, that just reeks of old manism. Uh, the old get out of my man lawn. It, yeah, <laughs> I'm not a grumpy old man That's and so get grumpy. off my lawn. <clears throat> but also when people talk about the world, the the world needs changing. That's the exuberance of youth. And so if you really want to be countercultural, be wise when you're young and be exuberant when you're old. And that you will be you, you will be countercultural to basically what everybody is. But the fact remains that this technology is what creates a lot of these moral dilemmas for us, okay? Let me just give you a couple of quick examples. Say social media and how all of a sudden the world has gotten mean because of social media, okay? Before there was social media, if you shamed or disrespected somebody, they would hit you in the face. Like Mike Tyson says, everybody has a plan, though they get hit in the face. Social media gave the weasel an outlet to hide behind something and be disrespectful and hateful to the point to where now it brings in technology comes in first, then the laws, Mike, you being an attorney, know this, comes in to retard who has access to the technology and then and then it gets thrown the moral part of it okay see it's almost like it's almost always a a three-step it goes the technology comes first and whoever created it rams it through uses it to their to the detriment of other people okay and then and then the laws have to jump in and then then it's up to religion to put the moral value in it how you feel it okay that i mean that is the difference and that's why all of a sudden it seems like this world needs healing well think about this okay think about medical technology and what it can do to the human body okay think about what technology has done, of course, to our interaction with people through social media. And you can, you can basically look at the vast majority of issues that we're having, and you can trace it to a technological change that we're still trying to deal with. But anyway, that's why I just, I just wanted to throw that out there. I'll get off my high horse. Let me, let me go with Steve for a second. I'm going to ask Steve a question, folks which comes to my mind. This is really, really a broad, broad topic. So, <laughs> yes, my, yeah, right, Steve? So my, my question to you, and, and, and you guys may want to share a little bit about this, is is what is it we're trying to heal here? If That's, we look at the Bible, yeah, we'll come right back. Go ahead, go, ahead. We'll go If we go right to the Bible and look at it, it would be our relationship with God. Am I correct, Steve? Is, well, is this what we kind of want to talk about? That's first what? and foremost. I mean, yes, the relationship with God. Now, this... And, and and as as much as I accuse, accuse the, the the book authors of doing it, I am shoehorning a, a bit of verse into this topic. But but in the verse we read, that comes from the prayer Jesus 
a long prayer that Jesus uh, makes at the Garden of Gethsemane. It's one of his last prayers. It, it's, it could be, I think, Tom, the last prayer that's recorded before crucifixion, uh, if, if we don't count uh, the, the comments on the cross, but the last long prayer. And this is essentially a prayer for the apostles, but if you look at it in a certain way, the apostles are the church <laughs> at the moment. That's pretty much his movement are the people around him. He's got his inner circle, yet he does pray for the world, that, that, that the others who have not yet heard his, heard the gospel hear it. And he's actually praying that his whole mission is successful. I mean, he's about to die for this. And he, you know, he, he, he asks first that the cup be taken away, but he's almost, it's, it's rather poignant. He's almost saying, let's not make it in vain, God. Let's, let's bring these people together. So where do I go from there? I think, yeah, you're on to something there. We're really, the, the, the idea behind Jesus is to reconcile us all with God. And so that is our mission of the church. That is our mission that Jesus put out in the Great Commission. That is something Paul goes on to talk about. And when we juxtapose that now, because now we're talking more and more in, you know, in churches about what, what role do, does, does church have a role in politics? Some say no, some say yes, some have gone in, uh, you know, immersed themselves. Nonetheless, if we go back to Scripture, Paul says nothing about this. Paul pretty much says, obey the law, keep your head down, and just do the Lord's work. And, and he does not see, he, he does not see, uh, not they, were, they, were, they were oppressed right. to begin with. At yeah. the very least, they were, they were kind of made fun of when people didn't have the power, but they tended to irritate anywhere anywhere they set up churches or anywhere they went in the missions. They tended to either annoy the people in the people in political power or the people in commercial power or both. And so here we are in 2022, almost 2023, and certain certain parts of the American Christian Church have basically proclaim that the church has a role in politics. The church has a role in fashioning the government we have a certain way and creating certain laws and certain policies. Now, there are other Christians, myself included, who really think the smart move is to follow what Paul said and just let the laws of the nation let you, you know, keep you free to express your your faith and as you like to say your developed theology yeah. robert well, and and, and now yeah. i'm already expressing yeah. a point of view so i'm i'll leave it at there but i think i think in some ways we should, to answer the question what we should be no. praying for to heal our land is that the church unite and show how a people can live together in 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 unity even though they don't disagree the, the early church had disagreements uh, but I don't think today the church itself is setting a very good example at all for unity. I mean, we just had how many? Some two hundred and fifty churches, Methodist churches in Methodist Texas, church split. Uh, leave, they, leave, they split basically. Leave is UMC. What so, yeah. so, and 
you know, and, and that's just one case. And the Presbyterians have had problems. Of course, the Baptists have had problems. So no one's immune, but it's not. It, it's, it's reinforcing this idea of you and I can find no middle ground. And I think that's maybe where the church should start both praying and modeling. Well, that it, it, I, I think it goes down to praying for individual salvation for people. That I come to preach Christ mm-hmm. and him crucified for the salvation mm-hmm. of sin. And it comes down to that being the crux and all the other stuff is side issues. And the problem is <laughs> that the segment of Christianity you're talking about wants to make the side issues the main issue. And, you know, they forget about the first issue is let's fix the prop. It, it's, an, it's an individual problem, not a great, not a societal problem. Now, should my, my, my feeling is should Christians be in politics? Yes, you should. Here's how. You support the candidates that support your beliefs and ideals. You vote for your beliefs and ideals. And if they're trying to do something that is damaging to, if they're, if, if a policy is trying to be enacted that is damaging to, I'm, I will make no bones about it. I am unabashedly pro-life. It comes from being adopted. <laughs> you know, you, you tend to be very mm-hmm. pro-life when you're adopted because you recognize there but the grace mm-hmm. of God, I would not have been. And so what do you do? You support people in that position. Now, now here's my catch on this, okay? With the passage of Dobbs, what I did not like was all the, woohoo, we won, yay, yay, spike the football, blah, 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 and then we walked away. And nobody really understood. All Dobbs did was it threw, it threw the life issue back to the individual states. So if you spiked the football because of Dobbs and you walked away, you're still Number one, you're stupid because you now need to be engaged at your state level to try to keep if you if you are pro-life, you're not done. We got half the job done. The second part of it is, guess what, boys and girls? If you're gonna say I'm pro-life and I don't want abortion, what are you doing to support adoption? What are you doing to support Un, un, unwed mothers who don't want their babies. What are you doing to in, to do that part of it? In other words, you can't just say, "I'm pro-life, no abortion." Wash my hands and walk away. So, so here now, I'm hearing what you're yeah. saying. So, yeah. so the 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 issue or the pro, you might say, even yeah. the problem, some would say, and 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 this this issue, abortion is one, but there are loads yeah. of other yeah. issues when you get into this type of thing. Well, to to, to continue what you're saying. Yeah. Shortly after Dobbs came down, Kansas, a yeah. very Republican, very a state very with a lot of Christians in it, at least voted voted on a bill that that permitted abortion, although there were there were and the restriction on it were not as as tight as as you see in laws proposed in right. Texas or Alabama. Which leads me to this question, Robert. Um, democracy, even right. even our right. representative form, is built on compromise. Yep, and it's pretty clear that poll after poll shows that Americans really don't like the idea of abortion. To, you know, after after I think 16, 15, 16 weeks, 
They, 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 but they also see there are sometimes reasons for abortion, like it or not, and certainly, you know, in the cases of rape, incest, all, um, all of that, which... The, which the, the, what, what's called the standard exclusion. The standard exclusions. Yep. But you've got, now on both sides... You've got you've got this unwillingness, and this is this is this is where you might say principle meets the the messiness mm-hmm. of the uh, the political process. Now, I can respect your position. You may you may be, and I, you didn't have incentives, so yeah. I'm not putting on. You may be pro life across the board. However, you ne- might necessarily not be able to make that law the law of the land simply because we have a, a, a land where. You don't get final say. <laughs> yep. Well, and, and, and the thing is, you work for your position. Mm-hmm. But notice what I said. Mm-hmm. If you're going to take, mm-hmm. you can't say that the problem with a lot of people of faith is they want to be, I'm against this. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's great. You can't, abortion is probably mm-hmm. the best example. Abortion is <laughs> the best example only because you can't say, I'm against abortion but then not be not supporting ways for for people to have babies and put them up for adoption. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's one of those. It it it's a it it does come down to your faith and how you act. Once again, it's context is everything. Mm-hmm. Sorry, and Bill. <laughs> not a problem. We're getting ready to take our first break, and I feel absolutely vindicated uh, in my comment that technology created this quandary. <laughs> Safe elective abortion created this conundrum that we have called abortion laws and the morality that goes behind it. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our first break. This is No Church Answers. Hi, I'm Bill Cox, director of Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. We hope you enjoy our show as much as we enjoy doing it. But our ministry needs your support if we are to continue to bring our TV show, our podcast, our live shows to men seeking spiritual refreshment. For as little as $5 a month, you can become a patron of Man Up Spiritual Oasis. Get more details at our page on patreon.com. If you would like to support us directly, you can make a contribution through PayPal at donate at manupmedia.org. All contributions are tax deductible. We're not pastors. Just regular guys, so whether you're successful or struggling, we hope to bring you the good news of God's saving grace as we share our own spiritual journeys. Please consider supporting Man Up and No Church Answers today. And welcome back. This is No Church Answers. Uh, This is prayer to pray for healing of the land. And my basic contention, though, is this. Um, I I honestly think that uh, the phrase is essentially wrong. Uh, Because in the way people think about it, praying for the land, you you get that picture of Bonanza and the whole, Mm -hmm. and that whole wide area, and we're going to heal everything. And no, that's not necessarily the case. Um, think about as you were a child and the reason why you long for those good old days because you were wide open, your bones were flexible and you were learning and it was awesome and it was a wonderful, safe world. And so when you get up into the older 
older years and things are changing in a pace that you're, you're absolutely not comfortable with. Um, and then that's when you get the, the people going, heal the, heal no, the no, land. This is, no, you are nailing it on the head, Bill. But but in, in dare I say the wrong way <laughs> wrong way the wrong way exactly <laughs> yeah. actually actually that insight is really good what what people tend to do I think and I think and especially you can almost break it down by region and I'm going to I'm going to go out on a limb here but I'd say a lot of Southern Baptists when they think about healing the land think exactly that this mythical American either frontier or Main Street. Jimmy Stewart, everything really nice, everything nice and white, everybody knew their place, quote. And that's, because that's exactly, that's the world they grew up in, that's the world they're most comfortable in, but that's not what the world is. And, and or that's, let's, I'm going to stick it in the nation, that's not what the nation is, that's not what Houston is anymore. Houston is a melting pot. Houston, you go say, Houston, they've got everybody's in Houston. That's when we get relatives from California, New York, the one thing that they say about Houston that amazes them is that there are so many Asians, Mexicans, uh, Middle Easterners, uh, Chinese, Southeast Asians, South American, so many, so much diversity. They thought all they were going to see were pickup trucks and gun racks. Really? And um, the trouble is, there are too many people in church who want to go back to an America of, and, and they consider that healing. What healing is, is being able to basically do exactly what Jesus says, did. Understand the world you're in. And, you know, the Pharisees love their, you know, their little temple world, their, their little circle of buds, uh, their, their sacrifices. Jesus went out and walked around among the hoi polloi. He did not come down to Sugar... When he went to Fort Bend County, should he come to Fort Bend County? He isn't going to come to Sugar Land. He's going to go to Richmond. He's going to go up to Ailey's. He's, he's going to go... Street. Yeah. Four he's, corners. He's, he's going to go yeah. there where, where we have... Where, in fact, where, where our church has, mo- has a lot of mission work going on. They're gonna go, he's going to go down to you know uh, East Fort Bend's human ministry. He's not going to come here. And he's going to... If he comes here, he's going to be saying, guys, this is today's world. This, these, are the, these are the sheep who need feeding. Not, not Jerry Fowell Jr., not, not Liberty University. Uh, I'm not touching that <laughs> okay. one. <laughs> um, this is, the, and that, that is, and I, so I'm being a little passionate here, but to go back, that's really where the church today has to break out. And, I'm, and I am criticizing the Southern church. The Northern church has its own issues, um, but it, it tends to group around the same things. The, I think maybe that's what it is. Jesus never saw the world other than what it was. Well, I can tell you this, being from up north and yes, just going good. down just going down mm-hmm. that rabbit hole um, a little bit, being from Michigan, the government takes the role in Michigan, it was my experience, that a lot of nonprofits did uh, as far as Meals on Wheels and feeding uh, shut-ins and, and things like that. Because there isn't a large percentage of 
church attendance up there. And I, I mean, I was one, but I was certainly in the minority. And I absolutely know that from my area up there in Michigan to uh, to the area that I live at here, it's double. Uh, certainly church attendance mm-hmm. is... I mean, it is double of the available people, but I, I agree. I agree with you when, when, when it's healing of the land, so many people, I, I, they get this grand thing in there and I get it. There's, there's certainly there's church leadership and, and all this kind of stuff, but I'm not there. And as far as me healing my land, that's, that's the people I'm driving by when I'm taking my wife down to the hospital for her chemo treatment it's the people that are in the waiting room sitting there by themselves and my wife has an extra pair of earrings that she made in her purse and gives it to her. That. that is healing what is around you. That's healing the land. That's being making a difference where you are. You you don't have to bend over a dollar to pick up a nickel. You know? <laughs> uh, just you don't have to look that far. Just when you see that person that just can't hold their tear back, you know, that's your opportunity. You guys are saying two things and they're really, really great. Okay. First of all, prayer is not just asking God for help and for direction, as we've covered in the past with with, uh, praying and fasting, but it's acting it out. Right. Or and, and a better word for that would be living it out, right? right. The guys, if if we're going to pray for God to heal our land, it's got to start with ourselves, and we don't like that. Sometimes we're already involved with our our families, whatever it is, um, hobbies, whatever, and you might have to give up fishing. Uh, I, my my first my first choice was to to go fishing whenever I retired almost two years ago this month. And, and I have not got to do that. Uh, I enjoy researching. <laughs> Maybe next year. <laughs> Darn, yeah, right? Uh, nice. uh, believe it or not, I, I do a lot of looking and reading on these topics as Steve comes up with us, uh, folks. And, and I try to understand what we're talking about and where we're actually headed with it. And those two points, when you pray, you've got to look and see what needs to be prayed for. In this case, We've talked about abortion. We've talked about our leaders. We've talked about the city of Houston having a melting pot. Uh, we've talking. We haven't talked about the crime that's gone up in Houston like three or four hundred percent. So, how do you do that? Do you do you ignore the laws and go about your own merry way, or do you vote the people out, and or do you try to change the laws? That's that's one of the things. And when you do that. You sometimes you pray for God's guidance on this. Daniel showed us that. Nehemiah showed us that. When you have certain requests you want to make of the Lord, you you fast and pray if the, if the if it's heavy enough on your heart. But the point I'm trying to get here is is uh, the author in in our book we actually had a lesson that corresponds to this, which Steve had uh, taken the text from. And he, the author asks us, are you praying for God's will? Do you wonder where God is at work in the world? You may find the answers by doing a more effective job of making sure people hear the message of Jesus. And the guys already mentioned that. That's a very great priority. In other words, you want to change the world for Christ. That, that's our ultimate goal. 
Number one, love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and spirit. Number two, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, what Steve and Robert have said, and I think Bill also is, practically speaking, that's not going to happen. Even Christ couldn't save save everybody and heal everybody. So, But that's a goal. That's a virtue that you're going to try to do. You're going to aim for changing people for the Lord whenever you have the opportunity. Otherwise, you keep doing what you know do. Timothy said, uh, Timothy 2, 1 and 2, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them and intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings, that will be our leaders, our president, and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by God, godliness and dignity. Once more, folks, that's a very that's, general that's draw. Really good, prayer. But it's, it's right, a place to start. Yeah. It's a place to start. But, but while you were talking, I was thinking of it's the micro, of the, the issue yes. of, now, there's a famous, we have a famous letter that managed to survive through the year, through the centuries, uh-huh. through the centuries, um, of, of a Roman soldier. I guess he was a Roman soldier, if I have this right. He was stationed, I believe, in what is now Egypt, but he was away from home. And he wrote a letter home, and his wife, I guess, was pregnant when he left. And he wrote a letter, you know, the 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 you know the usual pleasantries or whatever. It's, but he does note, quite quite frankly, in the letter, when you have a when you have your baby, if it's a boy, bring it up, nurture it. If it's a girl, throw it away. And it's not that. Now that that was the culture at the time. Now, at the time, the the church was not going around preaching this. They were going around saving abandoned babies. Yes. They weren't making that big a deal. That's what they did. That's what the what Tacitus wrote. He thought they were weird. What, what are these people doing? They're going around saving babies that are going to be worthless to society. How weird? How modern does that sound? And you know, they didn't make a big deal of it. The, the Christians didn't. But neither did they did they feel they had to engage a very strong culture that where that was the norm, yeah. and, 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 and and they just basically they said this is it's they they would come out and say yeah it's the norm, but the way we understand it is not God's way, it's not the way this this Messiah who who came a few decades ago said we should be living. And that's that's all it was. And so, I was going to say they how they approached it was mm-hmm. the way the way I just talked about how you approach mm-hmm. it. You go deal with the problem mm-hmm. on a personal, individual mm-hmm. level. You as a mm-hmm. church, and and I was going to say based on Bill's comment earlier, the the biggest problem is when you get into this mode mm-hmm. of we're going to change the government to do it. Mm-hmm. The church, with the advent of the Great Society, abdicated its responsibility. Because most hospitals back in the day were churches. The church ran and funded memorial the memorial health system here in Houston. It's now part of the Herman Hill. Mm-hmm. Started out as the Baptist church health mm-hmm. system. Methodist hospital was in reality part of the Methodist church. Uh, St. Luke's downtown, part of, the Met, mm-hmm. part of MD Anderson, was all started mm-hmm. and founded by the church. You know, the uh, Christus Health Group mm-hmm. was the Catholic 
organization that started churches. What happened is, as we passed and decided the government should take care of this because we have a Christian society, the church ends up abdicating its responsibility Mm -hmm. that we clearly have had from day one to take Mm -hmm. care of the poor, the widow, the orphans to watch out for those who are more vulnerable. And and I loved your story, and you kind of mentioned it, and Mike mentions it because he loves it the most. Who was Jesus the meanest to? <laughs> His entire... I mean, I mean, when, when you get down to it, the woman at the well, the woman caught in adultery, thrown in front of Jesus, teacher, what should we do? He starts writing in the dirt, by the way, question I want to ask Jesus when you get there. What the heck were you writing? I got to know. But he writes it. Everybody leaves. He looks at her and he says, where those that accuse you? And she's gone. They're all gone. He goes, I don't condemn you neither. And then he tells her, go and sin no more. He, He does address her sin. But that's the only way he does it. He says, I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. So, hey, whatever you're doing, stop it. The Pharisees, oh my gosh, you brood of vipers. <laughs> uh, you know, he, 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 he tweaks them, you know. Oh, it's the Sabbath. Oh, there's a Pharisee heal. Oh, there's a paralyzed guy. Here, okay, you're healed. Go walk. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I'm like you, Mike. I think you did it deliberately because they totally got it mixed up and had it wrong. And I think... That's the model we need to be following. And we're going to go ahead and take our second break. So go and don't sin. We're going to be gone for a minute. This is No Church Answers. We'll be right back. Hey, pastors and church leaders. Are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract, engage, and inspire men in your congregation? Book a live Man Up Spiritual Oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event. Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com or contact Bill Cox at liveshow at manupmedia.org. And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. This is... No church answers. We haven't had a church answer to buzz, so I figured I'd just go ahead and buzz myself <laughs> real quick. And uh, we are uh, coming up to the end of Podcast 275, where we're talking about um, healing our land. And I I just want to just hit on the, um, the old manism that I just wanted to make sure that we avoid it in this kind of this kind of thing and i I just think of bruce springsteen's song glory days and how many times and and now with my wife being so ill you know we spend time you know together talking about the about the glory days but um understand the world is going to continue on and the example that you set, especially for you men out there um, that have children, how you deal with a land that is changing, and it's changing 
faster now than ever. And I remember when uh, my grandpa was talking to me about change. And um, <laughs> this guy was telling him, couldn't believe that uh, he actually bought a tractor. And he said, if I didn't buy that tractor, I'd be plowing that field for a week with the mule. <laughs> you have, but there comes a time as we grow in this life that things are changing. And we, as we get older, we're expected to make a stand. And I think that's where, that's where the rubber meets the road, especially for Christian men. Where are you going to draw the line? And I'm going to throw it back open for, to the panel. These guys are smarter than me. But I just want to throw out this. There is a lot of things in life that you can get upset about. Pick something. If you're going to do it, pick something that is dear to you that you'll be willing to go the distance for. Uh, for example, Professor is um, abortion because he's adopted and that's something that'll be precious to him all of his life um i don't know I don't, i've never really even thought about if i have one but uh, i'm going to pass it around to the fellas and start with steve titch um about his ideas i think we start by remembering the words of the sermon on the mount blessed are the peacemakers um and one way to get started is you I'm gonna bring it back to social media which you started at. Get if, off of it? Oh sorry. Yeah, well, yeah, well that that I would say get sorry. off of it. Get off of it really I, I don't whatever whatever however I'm gonna simply say, however much time you're spending on it, it's too much time. Uh and, and I'm not and I'm I'm kind of the wounded healer here, but uh, what I try to do is when I see something divisive whether it's from a Christian or not, and I'm being encouraged to pass it on, oh, you know, rah, rah, rah. I don't. I don't, I don't send, I, I, really, I really do not pass on um, material, uh, articles, uh, statements that are, that are intentionally divisive or intentionally designed to raise anger or intentionally designed to get an emotional response. In fact, if you are a, one of my friends, and if that's all you do, you will probably be not be my blocked. friend <laughs> uh, because I really don't have time for this. Uh, because whenever I even see it, you get that emotional reaction. I don't want it. Right. Um, but don't wallow in it. On the on the other, you know, oh yeah, I'm gonna. And because all of this is doing is just reinforcing your human sinful side. And you do have a rebellious side that just wants to go out and punch people in the faces because, you know, I'm right, he's wrong. And we're really not supposed to be feeding that. We're supposed to be making peace. We're supposed to be praying for our enemies. And at the very least in this country, we should be looking for common ground because we're not going to agree with every Christian in our own church, let alone other denominations. We're not going to agree with all our relatives. We're not going to agree with all our children, but cutting them off is not an option, folks. 
It's not the correct response. Boy, God had a heck of a lot of reasons to cut us off. And he did not. So, I mean, you know, he, he, he didn't have to do all that. I'm going to... Uh, and so here's the model, guys. The model of the church is, is basically figure out a way to get along and, and, and without, without just separating and going your own ways. Unity is important, and we got to model that. And uh, we, we have to really pray for what God wants for our country. And I don't think he wants a particular political party in power. I think he wants a country where his word, the gospel, can flourish. And believe it or not, you know, the gospel is one of contradictions. The gospel in this country may flourish without a bunch of senators, congressmen, a president who are Christians. It just might flourish with, you know, with a, with a government that that how it was conceived isn't supposed to even care about people's religion. Right. Michael Cropper. Yeah, folks, see, you don't have the benefit of looking at notes like we do. Uh, <laughs> Steve, uh, Steve, our producer, gives us notes that are just sometimes awesome. awesome I'm going to repeat yeah. a, a couple of things that he wrote in here uh, that kind of sums it up. It says, if our mission is to bring all people to the Lord, and again, this is Steve, mm-hmm. not taking the credit for this, the question at hand is how to be successful at it. Okay, yeah. I see Robert waving his hands, folks. <laughs> I crack up. <laughs> uh, it can't be by the sword, nor can it be by the ballot box, although we can try to do it with the ballot box. As I said earlier, whenever you don't like some of the laws, whether it's uh, abortion or whatever, that's uh, angering you. So as guidance in the prayer itself, to me, prayer presents a model for how we pray for the church and how we pray for the world. This is a prayer that asks for God's love to be made manifest through the church and the world. This love comes through the indwelling of Jesus in every heart. But above all, Jesus prays that God's love leads to unity as exemplified by the unity of a father and son. And the guys have so aptly shared, folks, that you first seek peace. One of the greatest commandments Jesus said was to seek peace with your brothers. You can only do that by finding common ground. The guys have said this so so plainly. I was involved back um, in, in a Catholic couples group called Marriaging County for a number of years with my wife. And uh, we went to the groups. And although they were Catholic and I was Baptist, what I did, I found the common ground in Scripture that they knew and that supported their belief in the Lord. And I would share that with them, and we would share back and forth, and I would repeat those scriptures. So the guy said, absolutely the greatest thing you can do. And secondly, I want to point out, folks, if you look around us in our country, you're going to find there's just about an equal portion of liberal people with conservative people. That's why the polls are so swayed by a minority percentage of people when we do the voting. You have people, and I, I know many Christians who are very liberal. Uh, I don't understand it, but that, that's their nature. And God created both of them. He created both of us. Some of us liberal, some of us conservative. And 
All I can tell you, folks, is is do what the guys have said. Find common ground. Pray with them and talk about Jesus and share your faith with them. And also make that a priority in your life. When you have an opportunity to share Christ or what he means to you, do that also. In your own way, share the gospel. Excellent. Uh, Professor, uh, takeaway from you. It really is about taking care of your business first with Christ and settling your stuff up. And no, you don't have to have it all done. But you really need to have a good understanding of your faith and how your faith works in order to engage and engage the way God wants us to. And I think the empathy thing that we talked so many times about and the pandemic just made it so much worse because you're right, Mike, no one knows how to drive anymore. Everybody drives crazy. And it's not just road rage. It's a lot of uh, single finger communication, <laughs> yes. for, for lack of a better term. Um, and it, it, it's, we lost with the pandemic, we lost a bit of ourselves and the ability to have empathy. And what prayer gives you and we talked about this when we first set up this entire conversation about prayer. Praying for people gives you empathy for them. Praying for our country, oh, by the way, you should pray for the president. I pray for the president. Do I like the president's politics? I work in the oil and gas industry. What do you think? <laughs> you know, do I pray for him? Absolutely I do. You know, we're called to pray for our nation, and that means to pray for the leaders of the nation and to pray for the individuals in the nation. That hearts will turn, not that we're going to go affect some big political change somewhere along the way. And I think that's the true path to healing our land. So, you want me to talk about next week? Go ahead. Uh, okay. Speak about okay. next okay. week. There, so, so, next week, the guys are indulging me, and we're going to talk about... so. If you have listened to us the past several years, you have heard us take the truest man up of all time when, by the way, a man took care of an unwed mother <laughs> and took him as his wife and decided to raise a baby as his as he went through, and that would be Joseph, the ultimate man. And then the next year, we took the road trip to end all road trips, to follow the star. So I would encourage you to go listen to our 2020 and 2021 podcast. I will make sure to have those in there, and Steve will be happy to link those in the show notes for the next year to hear those. But the guys have indulged me because for years I have talked about John 1, 1 through 3 and verse 14 being the ultimate Christmas verse. And so we are going to do that, and we're going to jump off and talk about, and the Word became flesh, and what that really means for this time of the year, the Christmas season, as well as what it means for us as men. Oh, excellent. Sounds great. And thanks so much for tuning in uh, to No Church Answers. Uh, thanks again to all of our sponsors and supporters. So on behalf of our producer, Mr. Steve Titch, Michael Cropper, Robert Koshu, my name is Bill Cox. Our podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate our podcast, leave a review, and if you have a question or comment, 
go to the Facebook page or nochurchanswers.com and post it there. If you're unable to attend a church, check out Sugarland Baptist Church streaming service. It's on Facebook, YouTube, sugarlandbaptist.org. It starts Sundays at 9.45 a.m. And when you are ready, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and participate and find a small group, Adult Bible Fellowship or Sunday School class you can join for discussions like this and find one that's men only. And if there's anyone, start one. And don't accept any church answers. You've been listening to No Church Answers, the weekly Christian podcast for men. Tell us what you think. Leave a comment or review. Want to know more about us? Then visit NoChurchAnswers.com and our Facebook page. Check out our video series on our YouTube channel. You can also become a patron of No Church Answers by visiting our Patreon page. No Church Answers is a production of Man Up Spiritual Oasis Media, which is solely responsible for its content. 